All right, so Genesis chapter 42, verse 1. Now, sorry, quick recap. Uh, last week we saw uh, the, we, we discussed Joseph uh, being able to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams, and none of the magicians and the fakes could, right? Because uh, they, uh, they didn't understand it. They, they uh, heard what was going on, and they, they didn't have the gift that Joseph did. And uh, then the forgetful baker, uh, forgetful butler, remembered, oh, wait a minute, I remember my sin this day, he says, right? There's a guy that can interpret these things. So they go get Joseph out of the prison that he was in there for, for something he didn't do, framed to get it uh, because uh, he wouldn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. She framed him and uh, and got him thrown into prison. And uh, they pull him out, right? And they give him the quick... Uh, Quick shave, quick bath, here's some clean clothes. And they drag him into uh, Pharaoh's presence. And, and he uh, hears the prayer, uh, sorry, hears the dream. And uh, once he hears the Pharaoh's dream, the Lord gives him the ability to interpret it. And as he's able to interpret it, Pharaoh realizes that this is from God and uh, takes the the... Uh, advice of Joseph to set somebody as a governor over uh, the project of storing uh, food for the seven-year famine that's coming. And now that dream was of uh, the uh, seven um, uh, healthy cows, and uh, they were eaten by scrawny, gross-looking ones, and uh, and then the the seven uh, stalks of of grain, and uh, that they were eaten up by the gross-looking ones. Those are the quick. John Sear, uh, you know, uh, concise, uh, concise uh, version of it. And uh, he tells Pharaoh, you need to be ready. And uh, there needs to be a plan. We need to uh, implement a way so that when this happens, we're prepared for it and we don't all starve to death. So Pharaoh promotes him uh, so much so that he's second in command only to Pharaoh. Uh, this all happened in a day. He went from prisoner to governor uh, all in a day by the power of the Lord working through his life. So uh, that's where we're picking up. He had been promoted in, in uh, verse 1 of 42. The, the, the focus shifts back to Joseph's father, Jacob. Now, uh, the, the famine uh, had, had kicked in, and uh, we see that it's affecting uh, even further than just Egypt, that it's spread. And uh, so Jacob saw in verse 1, when Jacob saw that there was uh, grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may not, but that we may live and not die. So uh, Jacob uh, is dealing with sons that are all staring at each other in the time of crisis. Um, it's, it's sometimes easy uh, to, in a time of crisis, get to a point where there's that paralysis uh, of analysis, right? Uh, you know, I know I've, I've shared this with you, but everybody's just, you know, trying to talk about things. And sometimes you just got to do something. You know, there's a time to stop and to pray and to assess things and uh, and to plan something out. And then there's a plan. There's a time where it's just let's got to get the action right now. Like right now. I don't have to stop. I don't like I know what needs to happen. And, and the answer is clear. And you just move. 
Uh, this was one of those, you know, as everybody's sitting there and they're worried about things. And Jacob has to tell them, why are you guys all looking at, at, at each other here? You know, yes, we're going to die if you guys just stare at each other and uh, with uh, and with hopelessness in there. And he's saying, what are you what are you doing? You got to go and you got to go to Egypt. I heard there's uh, there's grain there. So he he sends them uh, uh, sends them off. And in uh, verse three, it says, uh, so Joseph's 10 brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob uh, did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. So uh, these uh, the 10 brothers, uh, they pack up, they listen to their dad, and they head down to, toward Egypt. But uh, there was no way Jacob was letting Benjamin go. Uh, you know, they, she, he had two two sons with Rachel, and um, Rachel's gone. And one son, uh, as we know, uh, he believes was eaten by an animal. And uh, they brought back the, the the jacket with the goat's blood on it, right? Sorry, the lamb's blood, right? And uh, that they had they had concocted this plan, and they've tricked their dad uh, for many years. And uh, they're now at a point where uh, they they are being sent out and there's no way Benjamin's going. Jacob's going. Everybody else can go, but you're not going. So the 10 went down and, uh, you know, there's there's he doesn't want the calamity of Joseph uh, like Joseph did, where he believed he was being eaten uh, or had been eaten. So uh, verse six. Now, Joseph was governor of the land and it was he who sold to all people of the land. So after being sold from by his brothers and uh, sold again into slavery, you know, to the Ishmaelites and then to Potiphar, uh, he goes into Potiphar's house, gets framed, uh, gets forgotten about, and then gets promoted. And now uh, he's in the position of uh, the steward over everything uh, that's happened as far as storing the grain. He's the guy in charge. So uh, everybody's coming to Joseph now. Uh, so we see that he was promoted uh, within uh, the ranks just for being a man of God and uh, that the Lord blessed him. And, and as as his brothers are coming, uh, we see something about to, to happen here as we get into the second half of uh, verse six. It says that his brothers actually come straight to Joseph. So let's continue on in uh, 6b, if you will. Uh, and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to him, you are spies. Uh, you have come to see the nakedness of the land. So, uh, as jo Joseph's brothers arrive and they're brought to him uh, as the governor of the land, uh, he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And uh, when they when they show up, they bow down to him and uh, they put their faces to the earth. And uh, I'm, we've studied this together. I'm sure you remember this, that he had this dream. And what did it do to them when they heard the dream that they were all going to bow down to him someday? They hated him even more, right? They already hated the guy. He was already like like Jacob's most hated in the house household. They uh, not Jacob's Jacob's household most hated, right? Jacob's most loved, 
by his dad, but everybody else in the family just uh, the, all his brothers didn't care for him. And uh, when when he comes up with this this uh, story here of hey guys, I had a dream and and uh, your sheaves bow down to mine, uh, they already didn't like him. We see that being fulfilled right here. That that was fulfilled, even though they sent they sold him, even though uh, he got sold again, even though he got framed and thrown into prison. God was still working. And uh, we see this being fulfilled. Verse 9 says that Joseph uh, re even remembered his dreams. You know, he recognized them. They didn't recognize him. But Joseph himself, he remembered the dreams, it says. That, that uh, you know, I, I'm sure that there might have been times where he uh, might have forgotten those dreams. And he might have questioned the dreams. And we've talked about that. Where he's like, wait a minute, how is that all going to happen if I'm in prison? You know, and this guy's getting his head chopped off. And, uh, you know, this guy forgot about me and here I am still in prison. You know, maybe there were times that he was he was dejected and he was depressed and going through those things. And maybe there were times and I'm of the belief that he would have to go back and the Lord would remind him. Remember, I gave you that dream. Remember, I gave you that dream. It's just my speculation on it. Something uh, was there to continue uh, to to inspire him and, and to give him strength to continue. And uh, I believe it's the Lord just uh, speaking to him, saying, I haven't left you. I haven't left you. you know, that's the way the Lord is, you know, that, that uh, he, he doesn't just leave us in, in a spot like that. He ministers to us when we're going through things. So if you find yourself in a spot where, you know, you've stepped out in faith and, and you've uh, been following the Lord and it doesn't seem like things are going together the way that you thought they would, if you're sure the Lord has called you and you've stepped out in that direction, keep going in that direction. Okay, our enemy wants us to turn around, right? Wants us to question the instructions we've heard from the Lord. Don't let the circumstances uh, change our direction. The only one that should change our directions is the Lord. And he's going to do that by his word. And he's going to do that as, we, as we're in prayer to him. Might be confirmed through discussion with brothers and sisters. But the Lord speaks to us and he, he, he reminds us and he continues to, to lead us uh, as we go. So when it says that he recognized them and they don't recognize him, I mean, he's, he's fully uh, involved in the Egyptian culture. He looks like him. He's got the, the facial whatever makeup or whatever they'd have and the hair, hairdo, all that stuff. He didn't look the way he did before. They didn't recognize him because any of us are, are going to be able to pick out a brother. Right. We're going to be able to pick that person out or sister. You're going to be able to go, no, that's my sister. That's my brother. Uh, this this is he's done a complete. You remember that awful show, um, uh, Extreme Makeover, not the home edition. Right. The make the home edition is cool. But the, the person edition. You remember that? I remember years ago and I'm watching that. And kids, oh, so these people would sign up for the show, and they're usually already pretty, and or you know, or you know, a handsome guy or whatever, and they'd go in and voluntarily have their face bashed with a, a chisel and a hammer, and they'd reconstruct their faces, right? They go through all these things, and they're getting fake things put in, and other things taken out, and all these things. When they'd come out, they don't look anything like they did before, and they'd have this great grand reveal, and they'd be gone for. I think three months or something stupid like that. It was a long time. And then they would go and they'd be presented to their children. And their children are, are, are horrified. That's mom's voice, but that doesn't look like mom. Right? That's not right. That's a wrong thing to do. I felt so bad. I'd get angry watching that show. I only watched it like twice because I wanted to throw my remote through the screen, you know? 
No, don't do that. But you know what I mean? It was that it, this is dumb. This is stupid. It's vain. And and it just just to realize that that it changed everything about them that they could not be uh, recognized often. The show got canceled. You know, and they were like, maybe it's better for us to do this as, on houses. I can't get into my speculation is a lot of people gave some pretty negative feedback. Uh, and uh, or just wasn't getting watched, so that's negative feedback enough for a network to look and go, uh, no, we're not getting the ratings, we're shutting it down. Why don't we build houses or rebuild houses? And 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 everybody got drawn in, you know. But that that uh, there was a difference there, and they could not even recognize him. He didn't have plastic surgery or anything, but they didn't recognize their brother. And uh, they he certainly wouldn't be in the position they thought. Remember what happened last time they saw him, right? He was crying out in despair in a pit, and they sold him off. They made him a slave. There's no way that they could ever reconcile in their mind that the guy we sold off to be a slave is now governor of Egypt, right? That's that math isn't gonna. That's like me trying to do algebra, right? I, I've told you guys that when you start putting numbers, letters, and punctuation together, it does not work for me. It just doesn't. You know, it, that, it's that type of equation to them. It just it doesn't make sense. They're not recognizing their brother because of the position he's in, and he doesn't look the same because he's got all the, the, the influence of the Egyptian garb. So Joseph acted like a stranger. He spoke roughly to them, and he called them spies, and he says that they're there trying to see the naked land. Verse 10, and they say to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. <laughs> your servants are not spies. Honest men? They're stretching the truth a little bit there, aren't they? They've been telling their dad a lie the whole time, right? Hey, Joey, Joey's not dead, Dad. We sold him. You know, none of them got the gumption to do that, right? You know, honest men's quite a stretch of the, the truth here. You know, but they're also not spies. You know, they were there. They were there to buy things. Uh, but but Joseph's uh, really putting it to him here. Um, verse 12. But he said to them, no, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. In fact, the youngest is with our father today and one is no more. See, he's pushing that. Oh, really? You're honest? No, you're spies. He's drawing. The, we're going to see this. He's drawing these confessions out of them and, and this information out of them in, in these chapters that we're going to cover. You see this, this happening here, that they are going to say the things that Joseph wants them to say. So Joseph keeps it going. And then they say, no, we're, we're 12 brothers. Uh, you know, we're uh, the youngest is home with dad and one is no more. Uh, at least they thought they have no idea they're speaking to the one that they believe is no more. They have no idea. There isn't an inkling uh, of anything that's uh, that's pointing to the fact that they're actually talking to their brother. And uh, so uh, verse 14, but Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you saying you are spies in this manner, you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not leave this place unless uh, you shall be kept, uh, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. <laughs> they were uh, they were feeling it then. Verse eighteen. 
Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses, and bring your youngest brother to me, your, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. So this is this is quite a thing. So Joseph had a plan for them, and, and he says, by the life of Pharaoh, what he's saying is, as Pharaoh lives, because he has the authority to say that, uh, and he, he presents them, and he says, you're not leaving unless the youngest comes to me. And he, he puts them uh, in, in jail uh, for three days, and, and then he comes to the point where he says, you know what, you can, you can leave one here and the rest of you go back. And uh, because he wants his dad to have, you know, no doubt for those three days, he's thinking, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide uh, for my dad and for my family back home? So he keeps them there, lets them think about it for a few days. And, uh, and, and then he, he presents this to them. And he says that he's doing this so that their words could be tested. Now, remember, looking this through Joseph's eyes, these guys are obviously people he doesn't trust in his life anymore. He knows who they are. He knows why they came. He knows where they're going. But they don't have his trust. You know, they're, they're in a spot where the last time he saw them, they were talking about killing him. They were laughing at him as he's crying out from the pit. And the last time they saw him, they sold. he saw them. They sold him off, and they're no doubt mocking him as he's riding away in the cage or, you know, just tied up or whatever it is. As he's going away crying, you know, the, these are people that, that he doesn't trust. It's not like he, uh, he, he uh, um, can trust them. So uh, what he wants to do is draw his little brother back to them. See if there's any truth in them, he says, or your spies. So uh, as I said, he, he locked him up uh, for three days. And what a gracious way of dealing with them. You know, uh, think about it. He had all the power he wanted. He could have gone to Pharaoh and said, can you take care of these guys? And they could have lost their lives right then. We see grace being extended to them. Even though they don't see it, they don't think so. And they're getting thrown in, in jail and everything. They Honestly, they're getting a kind of a taste of their own medicine, right? What's going to happen to me? Yeah, you feel a little bit of what your brother was feeling, right? And he says, for I fear God. That was the that was the difference. That's the difference in how all of this this uh, this whole story unfolds. This account unfolds is because there's the fear of God here. He says, "Leave one brother here. The rest of you can go bring grain. Uh, bring your brother back." And uh, so they did so. Verse twenty one. Then they said to one another, "We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul." When he pleaded with us and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Oh, man. And Reuben answered and said, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy and you would not listen. Therefore, behold, this blood, uh, his blood is now required of us. Where does their mind go? They had three days that they're sitting in jail. Where did their mind go? Because they're sent back. And the first thing we hear that they're talking about is on their way is. Guys, it's coming back to bite us. This is all, we didn't get away with it. They're dragging their guilt around with them. Something about their situation made them think of Joseph. You know, they, they had to say it, right? They had to say it to somebody and say, well, our brother is no more. They didn't say why, right? They don't, 
they didn't they weren't asked but their their you know their brother is no more i imagine I just think it would have been neat, kind of neat, if Joseph would have said, what happened to him? <laughs> but he didn't, right? You know, you talk about squirming, right? But he didn't. He didn't. So uh, their their guilty souls were uh, convicted. And uh, you notice they say, they say here, we saw the anguish when he pleaded. We saw the anguish. Remember, he's pleading from there. And we saw it, and what did we do? We sat down and ate our food and laughed at him. And they know, they know they're guilty. And they're sitting down eating their lunch. They say, therefore, this distress has come upon us because we did this to our brother. Even though they got away with it with dad, God had not released their conscience from what they did to their brother. And they're carrying it with them. And when this comes up here, they are just so burdened. And Reuben's like, I told you not to. And uh, and they did it anyways. But Reuben's not, you know, he's not free of guilt, right? Reuben went home and went along with a lie. <clears throat> they say his blood is now required of us. They're saying we're guilty of our brother's life and what happened to our brother. Verse 23, but they did not know that Joseph understood them. So as they're, they're getting ready to pack up and, and they're ready to go, they're saying these things. And Joseph actually hears them, it says. For he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them uh, and, and talked with them. So they're all getting ready. They've been brought in and they're getting ready to pack up and head out. And as they're standing there, they don't think he understands. And it says, and he took Simeon from them and bound him uh, before their eyes. Like, okay, you guys are going to get packed and get going. And they're saying, they're having this conversation. And he hears them say it. And it hits him right in the heart. Because he knows it's him. And he wept. That's a, that's a heavy day for Joseph. <clears throat> that's a heavy one for him. Now, he bound Simeon in front of them. And I, I explained this uh, when everything happened with him, that I believe Simeon was the guy. Right, Simeon was the guy that wanted was the 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 guy that wanted to put this all. The, there were other ones mentioned, and we'll get to that uh, near the end of, of what we're talking about here today. But Simeon was very much a hey, let's just take him out, let's kill him. I think personally that it was one of them was Simeon, because we learn a little bit about Simeon's character. Genesis uh, forty nine uh, verses five through seven. We've talked about this, uh, but you remember Simeon and Levi, right? When their when their daughter was uh, sorry when their sister was raped Dinah was raped uh, Simeon and Levi came up with their plan and they went and they killed everybody in Shechem right all the males in Shechem after they told them to circumcise themselves so that they would have the opportunity to go in and they wouldn't be able to to uh, to defend themselves and they were rebuked by their father and uh, in Genesis forty nine uh, as Jacob's giving his final blessings verse five says Simeon and Levi are brothers instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place let not my soul enter their council let not my honor be united to their assembly for in their anger they slew a man and in their self will will they hamstrung an ox cursed be their anger for it is fierce. And their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. 
So that's uh, we know that Simeon uh, was uh, a man of cruelty and everything. And like I said, my personal opinion is that he was the one of the ones that as Joseph was approaching them and they had the plan to kill Joseph uh, before uh, Reuben uh, distracted them and said, no, let's not do him any harm. I think Simeon was one that said, yeah, or, or he went right along with it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that Joseph might have learned that or something they said. So. For some reason, he chose Simeon. I don't want to get uh, you know deep into that because then I'm getting extra biblical. I'm just sharing my opinion on it. But uh, he chose he chose Simeon and, and ties him up in front of them. And we see Simeon getting a timeout uh, here, and everybody else is getting sent away. Verse 25. Then Joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain, to restore every man's money in his sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. So he loaded their donkeys with grain and departed from there. But as uh, one of them opened his sack uh, he gave, uh, to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. <clears throat> then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this? that God has done to us. They're dragging this guilt. You guys see this, right? They're dragging that. Anything that would have been seen as something that is wrong. Uh, the trip already scared them, right? They spent three days in, in prison. Uh, Simeon's locked up there. Uh, they're walking back, and now they find that all their money's put in there, uh, in their bags, and uh, now they're going, okay, what has what this God has done to us? And uh, so they're, uh, what we see is, uh, Joseph being gracious to them, they didn't deserve any favor, right? That's what grace is, is unde undeserved favor, right? We don't deserve it. And he's uh, doing this. He wanted to bless his father. He wanted to bless his family. And, you know, their guilt was really coming to light through all of this. And and uh, uh, God is, uh, you know, what is this that God has done to us? And they're they're perplexed. They're going through these things. And uh, they're wondering, wait a minute, are we being blessed are we not being blessed? What, like, what is going on here? This is setting them spiritually like they're in like a spiritual dryer right now. You know what I mean? They're up, down, and they're like, wait a minute. We have all this stuff left here, uh, and we have all the grain. Simeon's back there. I, I bet there's a lot of confusion, and they're all trying to wrap their minds around this and what's happening here. Verse 29, then they went to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened to them, saying, the man who is Lord of the land spoke roughly to us and took us for spies in the country. But we said to him, we are honest men. We are not spies. We are 12 brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the Lord of the country, said to us, by this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food. For the fam famine of your, uh, for sorry, the famine of your households, and be gone, and bring your youngest brother to me, so I shall know that you are not spies, but they, uh, but you, but that you are honest men. I will grant your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. So they get back, they give the account to their old feeble father, and. Uh, they break the news that the Lord of the country wants to see Benjamin. And uh, 
that's uh, not what Jacob would want to see. They don't want to go back. And uh, I, I bet they were probably uh, discussing how they were, who's going to tell dad, right? They're going to draw straws. You know, uh, did, uh, did Reuben you know, step up and say, hey, I'm the oldest, I got this. Did Judah do it? We don't know. Uh, but we know that they just, uh, they stepped up and uh, just told their dad. And uh, then verse uh, 35, then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money. I said earlier, each man, I got ahead of myself. It was just one on the way back. Uh, now all of them has the money in their sack. And when they uh, and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, uh, their father said to them, you have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin. All these things are against me. As I read this, I think, poor Jacob, you know, <laughs> Jacob had his faults and he did things wrong sometimes in life. But this is tough on an old man, right? There's a lot going on here. He's saying all these things are against me and uh, I'm hearing and I'm seeing all these things happen. And, and man, uh, he just comes out and says what he what he is feeling. Verse 37, then Reuben spoke to his father saying, kill my two sons if we do not bring them back to you bring uh, him back to you. Put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. But he said, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. So Reuben tries to take control as the oldest. Jacob shuts him down. Jacob states he can't take any more anguish. They still won't tell the guy. They don't. They can't. Right. After all these years, everything that's happened, they they're stuck in their lie. You know, can you imagine like where they're at? Like you go home and like, man, I can't even eat dinner. I just I, dad doesn't know if I if we would just tell dad, he might let us do it. Uh, but no, he's, he's not going to let us do this. So uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob set and he's saying, no, he's not going. Chapter 43, verse one. Now the famine was severe in the land, so some time came to, uh, went by, and, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back and buy us a little food. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. So the, the famine is severe and they're out of food. So Jacob tries to get them to go uh, without Benjamin. And uh, Judah addresses this and tells him uh, that uh, Benjamin has to go. So we find Jacob now between a rock and a hard place. And he, he has to... Uh, weigh his emotions uh, against what his he knows his sons told him when they came back and what he didn't want to do. So he's he is stuck uh, in that <clears throat> in this situation. Verse six, and Israel said, "Why did you deal so wrongly with me as to tell the man whether you still had another brother?" But they said. The man asked us pointedly about ourselves and, and our family, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you uh, another brother? And we told him according to these words. Could we possibly have known he would have said, Bring your brother down? So there's that conversation, right? They, they couldn't have known. They didn't know. And they're trying to say, like, Dad, we didn't set this up. This isn't our fault. 
we, he, he accused us of being spies, and we had to say that there were 12. So you see, you know, the Lord gave Jacob, uh, Joseph, some wisdom. And uh, as what's, what's unfolding here uh, is these guys are, are, are just finding themselves just in a harder and harder place as the time goes by. So uh, he's not happy about it. Jacob's not happy about it. Uh, and uh, they know that uh, they, this, this has to happen. And, um, and uh, the sons are going through some turmoil here. And uh, Simeon's already in prison. Verse 8. Then Judah said to Israel, his father, send the lad with me and we will rise and go that we may live and not die. Both we and you and our little ones. I myself will be surety for him, but my hand, you, uh, from my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For it would, if we uh, had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned this second time. Now, the first time when the offer was made, like, hey, kill my sons. You know, if, uh, if, if, if he doesn't come back when Reuben says, you can kill my sons, just give us him. And that wasn't enough for them. Now they're at a point of greater desperation. And uh, Judah says, hey, you know what? His, basically, his blood be upon my hand. You can blame me if I, if I don't bring uh, him back to you. Uh, if, if for some reason he doesn't come back, I will bear the blame uh, for the rest of my life. And uh, so, so Judah's there uh, presenting that. And then he says, if we hadn't delayed, we wouldn't be in this position. So there's just this little back and forth. Like, hey, we're dad, we're in this position because you wouldn't give us Benjamin as we asked. Do you blame him, right? You know, last time these guys all had control of somebody, they sold him, right? So it's not necessarily like they've come back and, and proven themselves as trustworthy guys. Verse 11. And their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best, best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry uh, down a present for the man. A little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand uh, the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise. Go back to the man and may God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may release your brother, your, your other brother and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So they're at a great point of, of desperation and driven to a point where he has to compromise. He has to let go. And uh, he tells them that uh, to take gifts and double money, take your brother also. He didn't want to, but he knew that he had to. And uh, we see, we know the end of this story is this is what God was orchestrating. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, they, they had to do it to survive. And he says, uh, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. When someone passes away uh, from work, you get time off from work called bereavement leave. Right. That time to grieve, to go through that time and to be with your family, that, that bereavement. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. And then he says, may God almighty give you mercy. Yeah, they need it just like we do. But on this trip, he's saying, may God give you mercy. Because, I mean, things haven't gone very well for them. They were, were thrown in prison for three days. 
uh, and now they're all nervous. Simeon got kept back. You know, there's a lot there. This is a very heavy situation. We could read right over it and not get into the, the human emotion that's attached here. He's literally sending away all of his, his remaining sons are now gone. None of them are back. You know, I bet Benjamin was walking around attached to him all the time. Like, no, you're not going there. You're not going there. Probably, you know, Ben probably got a little bit, you know, peeved. Like, hey, can I go, you know, play football with the guys in, in the yard or whatever? Nope, you can't. You might get tackled and die. You know, any of those things. I joke, of course. But but he, he was just probably wrapped in bubble wrap, you know. And uh, they, they, he didn't want anything happening to him. Verse 15, so the men took the present and Benjamin and, and took double money in their hand and arose and went down to Egypt. And they stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of the house, take these men to my home and slaughter an animal and make ready for these men will dine, dine with me at noon. Then the man did as Joseph ordered, and the man brought them into Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money which was returned into our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that, we may make a, that he may make a case against us and seize us to take us as slaves with our donkeys." What a moment for Joseph. He's there. His brothers come back. The first time, he had to send them away and not reveal who he was. Now they come back, and now he sees his little brother. His full brother, right? These other guys are the half-brothers, so they've got their moms, and they've got their you know the special treatments from their moms, but they both shared the same mother. This is his true full-blood full blood brother. Um, and they... Uh, he sees him, and he's got to keep his poker face on. And that's that's difficult. I I don't know that I could do that. I mean, I know I couldn't. You know, at that point when I've seen, you know, he was longing for his little brother the whole time, anyways. So now, as they're gone and they come back here, uh, you know, he uh, that that's a tough thing. And and so what does he do? He arranges for a feast, and uh, his brothers are are definitely scared now. They had no idea what to expect. Last time they got three. Three days in jail, and Simeon had to stay. So they don't know what's happening, and they're scared that all's going to be lost and they're going to be sold into slavery by their own words. Verse 19, when they drew near to the steward of Joseph's house, they talked with him at the door of the house and said, Oh, sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. But it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks, and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand, and we have brought down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks, but he said, Peace be with you, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks, I had your I had your money, and then he brought Simeon out to them. So the man brought them into Joseph's house and gave them water and washed their feet and gave them their donkey's feed. Then they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they would eat bread there. So they began to try to earn favor in the steward's eyes. 
right? As soon as they found out where they need to go and, uh, you know, they draw near to him and uh, they uh, start talking to him and they, they're trying to explain everything to him. And they're, I, I wonder if they were speaking fast, right? <laughs> Ever been in that point of panic? Like, this is, I don't have much time, so I'm just going to go up and I'm going to speak really fast and make sure I get my words out. You know, that type of thing. You know, uh, this is just uh, there. There are times where we have to kind of look in and go, OK, what was it like? What did it uh, you know? Uh, how was this said? What was the emphasis? We don't know those things and be careful adding these things. But but my my thing is, uh, my opinion is, is that they were saying it fast or they were just trying to make sure to make eye contact, make sure he heard every word they said. And as they're going and they had this thing ready to go and uh, they're ready uh, to to share this. He says, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. They're freaking out. They're nervous. They're scared. It even says they were nervous and scared. And what do they hear from the the steward? Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had the money. He knew what was going on. He knew knew that uh, that, uh, Joseph had the money put back in there. And he's just, guys, relax. Just breathe for a minute, right? You know they got Simeon back, and and uh, you know they uh, they wash up. Uh, the donkeys uh, get fed by the steward, and and uh, they're preparing the present for Joseph. Now he's settled them down. And he's like, hey, we're gonna go in, wash your feet. But let's get past that, and let's go get ready because you guys are gonna have a meal. Verse twenty six. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house. And bowed down before him to the earth. They bowed to him again. Then he asked them about their well-being and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he alive? And they answered, Your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. And they bowed their faces down and prostrated themselves. Once again, bowing down. And Joseph still unrecognized by his brothers, and he's still trying to get information about their dad. Like, what's going on with dad? And they're like, he's fine, and they're laying down, right? That's uh, that's what we're seeing here. They've got their heads down, prostrated. They're laying down right in front of him, and they, they, they don't even want to look up. Verse 27, uh, sorry, 29. Then he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he uh, he went uh, into his chamber and wept there. So uh, when Joseph sees his little brother, he gives him a special blessing uh, of God. And the emotions overtake him. And he runs off uh, to, to be by himself. He has to get out of there. Uh, there's so much lost time. Now, uh, Joseph was sold at 17. And uh, you'll remember as we studied through that he was 30 when he stood before Pharaoh. So you're talking about 30 years there. Now, uh, we'll see here in verse 45 that two years had gone by in the famine. So you're talking about 15 years that had gone by. That's a long time. And he's now getting to see lay eyes on his brother. 17 when he got sold, 30 when he's standing in front of Pharaoh in in chapter 41. So there's 13 years there, two years more. 
and here we are. That's a long time. You know, such a crazy chain of events when you consider his life and how this all came together. And now he sees his brother and he's overcome by emotions. He has to go and, and hide uh, in his chambers and weep there. Verse 31, then he washed his face and came out and he restrained himself and said, serve the bread. So they set him uh, a place by himself and uh, them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate by them ate, ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat food with Hebrews for it is an abomination to the to the Egyptians. So they sat separately because the Egyptians were too good in their eyes for the uh, the Hebrews and uh, the uh, just reading that it must have been difficult for him must have been difficult for him to sit by himself and to watch his brothers eat. You know, this just thing. It's been that long. He hadn't seen them in so long. Now they're all finally back. His little brother's there. All of them are there. And he still has to sit with himself and watch. This is, like I said, it's just looking into this. It must not have been easy to sit there and watch your brothers eat instead of wanting to just. And we know that's coming, right? You, you're familiar. If you're familiar with the story, you know it's coming. But as he's watching, you know, it's, it's got to be his stomach. I, I, I imagine he didn't eat a whole lot. I imagine he just got his bread there and he's just taking little bites. And, uh, you know, he's got his wine there, water, whatever he's drinking. And he's just, he's just, I'm wondering if he's just staring at his brothers. Like, I can't, oh man, he looks so different. Well, he's gained some weight. You know, whatever it is, right? You know, and he's got these things and he's looking at his brothers. And, and when, when you see that as, as the time that's gone by and everything that's happened there, I, I just imagine, you know, it must have been difficult to sit there by himself and just to, just to watch his brothers. Verse 33, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked on, uh, looked in astonishment at one, at one another then he took uh, servings uh, to uh, them, uh, uh, to them from before him. But Benjamin's serving was five times as much as uh, any of theirs. So they drank and were uh, were merry with him. So Joseph blows all their mind here with the seating arrangement by their age, and everyone gets served their food. Benjamin gets five times. I mean, you know, if you're hungry, <laughs> and you're looking there. Um, yeah, Benjamin's got a lot of food in front of him and he's, he's making a statement and, uh, and the guys are still totally clueless to who he is. They have absolutely no idea, uh, what's happening here and they get to enjoy a meal with him. So their minds get blown. Everybody's seated there. Can you imagine the looks? It says that they were astonished. Can you imagine they're all like, what? you know, and they're all looking at each other like, there's no way. How did they get this? Like, he's taller than him. He looks older than he does. He's got more gray in his beard, whatever it was. And, but they're all seated in the right, in the right, uh, in the, in the birthright order. So their minds are blown. They, they get to enjoy a meal here. The verse, uh, chapter 44, verse one. And he commanded the steward of his house saying, fill the men's sack with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also, uh, put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his grain money. 
So he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning dawned, uh, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys. So Joseph gives the command to load them up with as much as it could be carried and um, uh, in, in there. And he tells them to put the money in there and put uh, his cup in Benjamin's sack. Now that, that special silver cup uh, that he would drink from, right? Uh, and uh, so they're now, uh, they all wake up and they uh, are heading towards home. And uh, verse 4 says, when they had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, get up. Follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one uh, from which my Lord drinks, and with which he indeed practices divination? You have done, e uh, done evil in so doing. So he overtook them, and he spoke to them these words. And they said to him, Why does my Lord say these words? Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money uh, which we found in the mouth of our sacks. Uh, how then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? So uh, as soon as they're starting to get, they weren't too far off, uh, Joseph sends his steward, and um, the st steward goes, uh, goes out knowing that uh, they're innocent of taking the cup and uh, he knew that Joseph had a plan and uh, did what he was told. And he overtakes them uh, and told them of the accusations and they defend themselves. They go out and uh, as they're presented these things, uh, they're saying, you know, we didn't take anything from here. And uh, verse nine, <laughs> with whomever your servants uh, is, uh, it is found, let him die. And we also will be. Uh, will be my Lord's slaves. So this is a rash oath. This is a stupid thing to say. They don't know what's going on. And uh, there's a, a lesson there. Uh, rash oaths and their consequences uh, should always be avoided. We shouldn't be quick to say, uh, and, and you've heard me say this before, uh, it's better for us to let our yes be yes and our no be no. That's what the scripture tells us, right? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. We shouldn't be having to take oaths and oh, just why don't you just you know cut the head off the guy who's who's wrong here? Uh, th that's not the case at all. That shouldn't be. You know, we should not be that. Uh, hey, you know what? May may I be cursed or I swear on my mom's grave, whatever it is. Don't be doing that. Just let our yes be be people of our word. And these guys go and they they're so sure because they they know they didn't take it. They're so sure of it that they're willing to do that, but they don't know what's happened here. So they knew in their hearts that they, so they make this vow and uh, uh, it's uh, there, but they don't realize that the odds are stacked against them and uh, that they're being set up. And uh, so uh, they uh, had a responsibility to return Benjamin uh, to Jacob safely. And when this is found in Benjamin's cup, Things get really hairy for him. Verse 10. And he said, now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found uh, shall be my slave. Um, and you shall be blameless. Then each man uh, speedily let down his sack to the ground and each opened his sack. And so he searched. He began with the oldest and left off with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. 
So the steward said that uh, he'll go along with their proposal. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take the slave, whoever has it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so they quickly let down their sacks uh, and, and open them up. And uh, he searched them all, oldest to youngest. And, uh, you know, can you imagine the, the breath holding each time that they, you know, and he's going through each one of them. And, uh, you know, there is some humor in here when you get to dark humor. I get it. But, uh, you know, as you're looking at it, like, man, based on what these guys did and how they've lied to their dad and tortured their dad, it's OK to get a little laugh out of it. I, I, I say that's in, in my opinion. It is. So, uh, you know, they uh, uh, they're all holding their breath. Then it got to Benjamin and their hearts sank. And uh, they they get to a point as we're going about to read here. Uh, this this is uh, uh, they get to a point where they see that there. It's found in there. And what happens? Verse 13. Then they tore their clothes and each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house. And while he was still there, they and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, what deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice divination? That's pagan worship, divination. Uh, you know, what a what a chain of uh, of events here. And uh, they um their, their rash oath has backfired, and they've torn their clothes. They're in great anguish. And uh, you sound familiar? Torn clothes, great anguish, <laughs> right? Their brother was in great anguish, and they grabbed his, his clothes, shredded it all up, poured some blood on it, and they're framed, right? <laughs> sound familiar too? <laughs> you see what's happening here? A little poetic justice here. Same, so it, it is. And uh, the, uh, you know, Joseph... Uh, is uh, is is dealing with his brothers. Verse 16, then jo Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord, uh, my Lord's slaves, but we and he also with whom the cup was found. Uh, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. So the you know brothers realize they're saying here look at look at the response uh, in in verse 16 where he says god has found out the iniquity of your servants they know they're like god knows that we are guilty men god knows this about us and uh, and, and that's what he's they're not getting specific with what's happened but they're saying god knows our iniquity so the brothers are reaping what they had sown. Gen uh, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. That he will also reap. You're not going to get away with something. You know, and, God, and you know what? God loves us and he's so gracious and merciful that we don't get away with things, right? As his children. That we don't get away with those things. That we are brought to correction. That is God's love and his grace revealing those things to cause us to repent, Right? To bring us back. Oh, he's so gracious. These guys knew they were guilty and carried their guilt for years. I've shared this with you before, but Proverbs 21, uh, 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Their guilt followed them. Their guilt was the one. They're, they're running from their guilt, and they can't run anymore. They're just seeing boom, boom, boom. They've been saying it. All along, this is God, you know, and, and now they're just like saying it right in front of him. You know, God, God is, is, is doing this to us. It's their own conscience. 
and now they present themselves as all slaves. No, the, the youngest one, all of us, we're here. And uh, when they present that, that, uh, that option, saying, no, we're all here as your slaves, J Joseph's response is, but he said, far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. As, and as for you, you, uh, you go up in peace to your father. Joseph tells him that, no, he'll just keep Benjamin and the rest can go. <laughs> you know, he, he knew what was about to happen. Now Joseph gets uh, to, uh, they, uh, gets to the, the point of, of confession and brokenness uh, that, that his brother should have had. And uh, that, that they haven't quite confessed anything, and they, and they really don't. He just tells them who he is uh, here coming up. But uh, verse 18, then Judah came near to him and said, Oh, my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asks his servants, saying, uh, have, uh, have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, we have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age who is young. His brother is dead. Why? Uh, and, uh, well, they don't know. But anyways, uh, and uh, he alone is left of his mother's children, and his, father's, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to you, the lad, uh, you uh, said to my Lord, the lad cannot leave his father for uh, if he should leave his father, his father would die. But you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother be comes down with you, you will see my face no more. So it was when we went up to your servant, my father, that we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, go back and buy us a little food. But he said, but we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother is, uh, we not go down. Uh, if our younger brother is with us, then we will go down for we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, uh, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons, and the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I have not seen him since. But if you take this one also from me, and calamity befalls him, you shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now, therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since this, his life is bound up in the lad's life. It will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. <clears throat> so your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For your servant became surety, so now he's talking about himself, for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord and let the lad go up to his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me? Lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father. 
So that's a long, I realize that's a long thing to read through, but he reiterates, he tells the whole story to Joseph. He breaks it all down to Joseph. And look at the end of what's happening. Judah is now, in one last attempt, begging. He's begging to be the one to stay and for him to release Benjamin. Now, if you remember looking back, Judah was one of the ringleaders for selling Joseph to slavery. And now we see the complete opposite. Now he's offering to become the slave so that his brother can become free. This is, this is an amazing thing that God has put together that we can read. Of, of it's just a, you, you know you could read a novel or whatever. This is awesome. You can go and just read these things and see the changes happening in people's lives. This guy here is going, I can't go home and watch my dad grieve. I've already seen that once. Please let me stay. He's begging to be the one that stay, that's forced to stay there and to be the slave. Uh, look at the response in, in chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer restrain himself. Before all those who stood by him and cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the, whole, the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? Look at the response. But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. This is a powerful moment. They can't even speak. Their jaws, like, permanently fixed to the floor right now. They can't even talk. They're just totally, it says, says here that they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near him. Then he said to them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. He's just saying it like, hey, I'm, I'm Joseph, your father. Does your, does your, uh, uh, sorry, Joseph, your brother. Does my father still live? And they're not understanding everything. Then he has to get specific. Hey, I'm the guy that you sold into Egypt. Remember me? And he's drawing him into you, right? But now, verse 5, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. Don't let yourself be uh, be angry. It's it's. Can you just just imagine? Imagine they're like they're they can't even talk, and Joseph's trying to say, "Hey guys, don't be angry with yourself." And what does Joseph say that we can learn from? That these guys learn from? For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph later says. What you intended for evil, God intended for good, right? This is this is as powerful as it gets for these guys. I mean, their their minds are exploding here. Verse verse six: For two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which uh, there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. You sent me away. Didn't care if I lived or died. God was the one that actually sent me to save your lives. Do you see God's plan of grace and mercy? Oh. Verse eight. So now uh, it was not you who sent me here, but God. 
and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord over all, Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry, for you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you. I will provide for you. I love it. Lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Therefore, uh, Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. What a story. What an account of God's grace and his mercy and his sovereigns. Oh. So Joseph learned to see what God was doing throughout this process. He was able to teach others about it. He gave God the glory, right? So, yes, he tells him, go tell my dad of the glory that's been given to me here in Egypt. That's not him saying, tell him how great and wonderful I am. It, he's, he's explaining that this is something that God has done. God was the one in control. I already uh, had brought it up. These guys had intended for the worst of evils to, become, to fall on their, their brother, and God was at work. It was very moving and wonderful uh, restoration that we see here with God being the one to get the glory. Joseph didn't say, yeah, I was so special and this and that. And then I did this and that. He's like, no, you didn't. You guys weren't even the one. God sent me before you to save your lives. Joseph's be being used. You can see the reconciliation happening here when he literally see it come near to me. Right? He's saying these things. They're scared. And what does he say? To be reconciled, he actually invites them to come to him. Come near to me. They come in, and he gives them the assurance, God did this to save lives. We're going we're gonna to stop there at verse 15 and pick up and, and 16 next week. God, God's plan of salvation for them, to save them, they weren't worthy of it. They weren't worthy of, of being saved. They were sinners. They were wrong. They said it of, their, of themselves. Can we see what God, how, how God does the same in our lives? That there was one that, that, that went before us that we might be saved? It's crazy. Put this all together. This is, this is a wonderful way for us to share the scriptures. There's so much. There's grace and mercy, love. It's all, it's all brought to the God get, being given glory. All of it. This whole thing. Joseph's not standing there saying, hey, I, I had this trick up my sleeve and I did this and that. His heart is broken and when he gets to his brothers, he says, come near to me. Get over here. He doesn't have to sit apart from his brothers anymore. He kicked everybody else out. And you notice they're sitting there listening to the door, right? <laughs> they're, hearing, they're hearing just Joseph's 
just pouring his heart out to his brothers. What a, what a, a, a record of reconciliation, of God doing something, that God is showing us here that his love even reconciles us to him. Oh, he's so great. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn of reconciliation in you and grace and mercy. Oh, Lord, to see everything that happened here in the hearts and lives of these, these men, what you did, how you orchestrated all of this. Help us, Lord, to respond to this in love for you. Thank you for reconciling us to you, that you would bring us near to you. Praise your name, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if everybody